This is the Sustainable Futures Report for Friday the 7th of July. I'm Anthony Day and welcome to another episode. The main part of this week's report is my interview with Tony O'Donnell of Cambium LLP. We've spoken before about risks and uncertainty. Now hear what Tony has to say about the future of sustainability in this world of challenges, opportunities and innovation. But first, a few headlines. The big news this week will be the G20 Summit in Hamburg, but of course that happens on Friday after this report has been published. All eyes on Donald Trump, who could be in for a rocky ride. Physicist Stephen Hawking has already attacked him for repudiating the Paris Agreement, saying, We are close to the tipping point where global warming becomes irreversible. Trump's action could push the Earth over the brink to become like Venus, with a temperature of 250 degrees and raining sulfuric acid. Climate change is one of the great dangers we face, and it's one we can prevent if we act now. By denying the evidence for climate change and pulling out of the Paris Climate Agreement, Donald Trump will cause avoidable environmental damage to our beautiful planet, endangering the natural world for us and for our children. President Trump also suffered a setback when a federal court ruled that the Environmental Protection Agency could not freeze the implementation of a rule requiring oil and gas companies to fix methane leaks in their equipment. More on all this next week. First, here's the interview. My guest today is Tony O'Donnell, who's a partner with Cambium. Cambium is a firm which for nearly 10 years has been helping organisations of all sizes to adopt a smarter approach to translate their ideas or research into sustainable and profitable business opportunities. Today he's going to tell us why he thinks that uncertain times provide sustainability leaders with a big opportunity. Now I'd like to start off, Tony, by asking you how do you define sustainability in this context? Um. That's a good question. Thanks for uh, having me here today, Anthony. Um, I don't think we, we we define sustainability any differently to the ways that um, uh, most practitioners define it. I guess that we go back to the uh, Brundtland Commission definition from many years ago, uh, where we believe that sustainability is about managing um business or your organization in such a way so that you're not looking just after today's concerns and meeting your needs but you're also enabling the needs of others in the future to be able to meet their needs so leaving leaving a sustainable legacy in that context and you also talk about sustainability leaders are we talking about politicians like uh, caroline lucas industry leaders like paul polman or are we talking about people who are sustainability officers within organizations I guess that there'll be a large diversity of people who listen into your podcast that come from a variety of different backgrounds. I don't think it'd be for me to sort of say who can, who can or can't be a sustainability leader, but I suppose in the context of the discussion we're going to be having today, we'll be thinking about sustainable innovation and thinking about how that might be applied to organisations and I guess most primarily businesses, but um, I wouldn't suggest that some of the thinking here wouldn't be relevant to any of those other parties as well. Right. Uncertain times. We are living in uncertain and changing times, and not least in the UK, because of course, 
We've had a referendum and we've had a general election. And in both of those, the prime minister seriously misjudged the feeling of the electorate. So we've voted to leave the EU at uh, almost to everybody's surprise. And the general election, instead of delivering a landslide majority, wiped out the prime minister's majority. Now, in that context, is this uncertainty a risk to sustainability or is sustainability part of the solution? Well, I definitely err towards the latter. I think um, you're absolutely right about the uncertainty that seems to be hitting us, particularly here in the UK at the moment. We may be all suffering from unsustainability fatigue, I suppose, or uncertainty fatigue. Um, I think that it, coming back to your question, um, our view that thinking about insustainable innovation, um, these uncertainties in a general sense are increasing business risk. They're probably making boards feel more cautious about long-term investment. And the risk that accompanies these uncertainties are likely to keep some of those business leaders awake at night because they try to work out how they're going to ensure their sustainable profitability and indeed the competitive advantage for their business when the future, as we've all said, is not clear. So sitting business leaders are used to making decisions when there are risks, but these risks seem somehow slightly larger and more systemic and with greater potential for disruption from business as usual. So I think for sustainability leaders, it might be somewhat intimidating to kind of raise the topic up. But I think that our contention here is there may have been a never, never been a better opportunity. And I, I was uh, reading a blog online the other day reporting on a sustainable brands conference in Copenhagen where indeed sustainability leaders were asked what kept them awake at night and their response was a bit different perhaps to business leaders. It was about things like biodiversity loss, climate change, inequality, recession um, and factors such as that. And maybe there's a difference in the concern of business versus that of sustainability that means connecting these two, particularly with innovation, could be challenging. But going back to your question, I think that the today's business uncertainties offer a really big opportunity to re-establish or reconfirm the connection because, in a way, sustainability provides some certainties regarding new opportunities in an uncertain world, or at the very least, a stable target. The question is, how do you leverage that opportunity? Right. Yes, that's interesting. I think it was Mark Carney who said that businesses are pretty good at dealing with risk, uh, but they're rubbish at dealing with uncertainty. So I suppose what we've got to try and do is to approach the uncertainty and uh, break it down as far as we possibly can into definable risks. You're, you're talking, I believe, about um, innovations and opportunities uh, in that way. Would you like to say a bit more about that? Yeah, well, I guess that if you're kind of trying to reconnect with the business in these uncertain times, um, it's probably worth starting from the fact that sustainability in the business context in particular uh, can add tangible value uh, to any business indeed by positively impacting their profitability. And I suppose if you think at a high level, it means that sustainability could enhance or grow revenues through new goods or services that offer value to the new and growing sustainable innovation markets. I'm going to talk more about those in a moment, hopefully. Um, but secondly, of course, uh, you can improve margins through optimization of costs, um, a sustainable reputation and brand can um, improve talent acquisition and retention and increase pricing power by offering greater brand value. And there are more and more examples of businesses that see that value. Um, and in addition to 
sort of the flagship businesses that seemingly a lot of organ- a lot of individuals talk about, like Unilever, as we know, recently supported. Uh, I think they grew the, their their uh, they announced that their um, sustainable living brands grew 50% faster than the rest of the business, and that delivered more than 60% of Unilever's growth. And surveys of wider organizations, for example, last year's Radley Yeldar um, list of top companies for social purpose included a wide diversity of organizations uh, ranging from Lloyds Banking in the financial services sector, through Philips in manufacturing, British Land in property and Pearson in publishing. So um, I think the thing that we have to think about is how can sustainability and a smarter way of doing innovation actually show to colleagues in your organization how they can make more more of an opportunity out of sustainability. And I think that our thinking is that we have an approach called smarter innovation that accelerates the development of opportunity. Right. Now, before we get into that, uh, into detail on that, how can you show that these business benefits of sustainability and innovation provide an antidote to the uncertainties which are facing businesses at the moment? Yes, well, I guess that if we're those, all those parties who take an interest in sustainability are really thinking about some challenges that affect us over the slightly longer term. And we'd call those global challenges, global sustainability challenges. I'll explain a bit more about what I mean there in a second. But okay. um, overall, I think that smarter sustainable innovation is all about um, think, getting the organization to think about how meeting some of those slightly longer term challenges allow them to see through the current uncertainty and to develop new ways of working that actually bring longer term value to the business. So many of your listeners are probably familiar with global challenges. The things I'm talking about here are the mega trends driven by population growth, the associated resource scarcity, and maybe increasing global health risks. Um, Many of these challenges are driving demand for new innovative solutions that affect, that that address problems that affect all parts of society. Um, They may have economic benefits in terms of providing work and economic growth, such as sustainability, sustainable cities, housing and transport. Conversely, they may be uh, about ensuring sustainable supplies of clean energy or food and water and maintaining biodiversity in the, in the face of a changing climate. That They might have a social benefit in terms of meeting rising aspirations for good education um, or for um, ensuring justice across um, people everywhere. Yeah, I, um, I think I'd agree with that. I might put the emphasis in slightly different places because certainly energy and climate change are both going to be major challenges for the whole world, aren't they? Indeed they are. Okay. And they, but, but, but although they're challenges, they're also big opportunities for innovation. Right. And so my argument would be is if you're going to use these longer term challenges to connect back with the sustainability agenda and to help an organization see past the uncertainty, maybe a good framework to consider might be the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Right. Um, now, we're going to talk about that in a, in a, in a future uh, report, but perhaps you'd just like to uh, tell us a little bit more about them because... I don't think they're particularly well known in the UK. So what what exactly are the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals? Well, the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, which um, I think some people may have heard of as the Global Goals, set out a whole range of targets that governments all around the world have signed up to under the United Nations. Um, 
which uh, and where they're committed to me meeting these goals. Um, you can find details about them on UNSDG um, by putting that into Google. And given these commitments, the goals and targets are beginning to get translated into government policy in the form of industrial and economic strategies. And um, an analysis of them in terms of the sustainable innovation opportunity they create has been recently presented as part of the Business and Sustainable Development Commission's report. Um, and it, the Business and Sustainable Development Com Commission represents uh, a wide diversity of stakeholders from different businesses. They range from organizations like Alibaba to JP Morgan Chase and from Ericsson to Mars. And this report estimated that if the goals are met uh, on a global basis, then potentially they can create up to 12 trillion of new opportunities in business savings and revenue per year. And uh, particularly in four economic systems, such as cities and infrastructure, energy and materials, food and agriculture, and health and well-being. And as you know, this builds on the fact that business has been very, has a long-term involvement in uh, sustainability, and it builds on the earlier work of the UN Global Compact. So if people haven't heard of the Sustainable Development Goals, it's likely your colleagues will have heard of the UN Global Contact, Compact. And um, if if reassurance, reassurance, reassurance is required about how this can benefit business, there's already 9,000 businesses worldwide who are signatories to the Global Compact, and it might also enable you to highlight the competitive advantage that businesses, whether they're multinational enterprises or SMEs, feel they derive from their participation. Right. Let's, let's move on to another point. Now, technology is racing ahead in all sorts of directions at the moment. People are talking about big data. They're talking about the Internet of Things. How do you see this affecting us? How do you see this affecting sustainability and the future? Well, I think that you're absolutely right. And these technologies are going to affect all walks of life and definitely going to affect sustainability. And I believe is that um, one of the big opportunities here is that... Um, as the underlying drivers and causes and effects of the global challenges are very broad and diverse, largely because they're systemic in nature and means they're highly complex with many interdependencies, there's a need to require a, acquire a baseline of information and indeed insight to establish the basis for new sustainable business models and ways of working that will help organisations and governments achieve these sustainable development goals. And the good news is, as you say, the recent advanced information technology are potentially game-changing and uh, change an idea into the art of the possible. So even if you see IT only as playing a supporting role for the kind of innovation that you might have in mind, the advances in this area are really so rapid, it needs to be given probably special attention. Yeah, I think also there's going to be a big social upheaval as a result, which we really haven't addressed yet. We haven't even started thinking about it because we have the paradox in this country, for example, that people are saying that you're going to have to work until you're 70 years old before you'll be able to, before the state will be able to be afford to pay you a pension. And on the other hand, we're saying AI, artificial intelligence, is going to wipe out the vast majority of jobs. So I, I'm... I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know whether you've got ideas on that. Well, um, if you look at some of the ideas that are emanating from uh, 
the sustainability movement, they are also recognising those changes. I think it's impossible to predict what those changes will be at the moment, but certainly it ought to create more space for part of society at any rate to spend more time considering how some of these longer term problems might be addressed. Um, but I think that um, smarter, smarter sustainable organisations can make um, the best of the opportunities by at least evaluating what those techniques are and getting ahead of the game and applying them to some of these longer term goals. Because as the um, report I alluded to earlier um, explained, there are big opportunities out there for those businesses and organisations that can bring solutions to bear because they are dealing with such pressing, compelling challenges that are facing everyone everywhere. Well, what about the state? What about the public sector in all of this? You talk about businesses, uh, but a tremendous amount of economic activity is in the public sector. Do you see the public sector actually keeping up with all this sort of uh, innovation? Well, the public sector, I think, will get involved as a consequence of the fact that there are government commitments to support the sustainable development goals. Um, and in our view, innovation isn't just going to be about um, business or the public sector. It's going to be about people. Mm. And uh, many stakeholders, whatever their background, are interested in creating a smart, sustainable future. Um, so everybody's got ideas that can be contributed. I mean, academic researchers may have new scientific insights. SMEs may have new innovative ideas and maybe multinationals will start to look at these new sustainable opportunities to build new markets that could impin could underpin their future success but ultimately the complexity of the global challenges means that we've got to collaborate better and as in nature where an ecosystem strength is linked closely to the breadth of biodiversity successful smarter innovation collaborations will also find strength in the diversity of skills experience and motivation um, so i see these collaborations coming from many different disciplines across science engineering perhaps the arts and they'll also involve participants from a wide range of organizations not just from the private sector but also the public sector and let's not forget also NGOs and charities um, but I think the key thing is that unlike uh, traditional approaches to innovation which kind of just puts people into a space and expect things to happen through organized serendipity smarter innovation collaborations that are focused on these complex problems can't afford to leave those vital interactions and connections to chance they've got to adopt a more predictable structured approach focused on those challenge areas and this is where um, sustainability leaders who often use these kind of approaches to deliver progress already to date can actually play uh, a great role as they have a lot of experience in building for example new sustainable supply relationships and as a consequence I think they're well placed to lead these initiatives through their networks and their expertise. Well you started by saying by telling us about what keeps people awake at night what messages have we got to make sure they sleep soundly? That's, that's a, a really good question and uh, I alluded to the fact that um, at that conference that uh, the sustainability leaders had a, a diverse and perhaps different perspective to uh, people in business but the sustainability leaders were also asked what was it that gave them hope given the challenges that they were concentrating on and the consensus was that it was a combined sense of purpose amongst people within their organisation that allows them to turn the organisation to focus and to have a greater sense of purpose, particularly as it relates to sustainability. So 
I think that one of the ways that which we can help everybody sleep at night is if sustainability leaders could lead this transition and and enable this much bigger impact faster by harnessing the profit motive and catalyzing more new certain development of these sustainable business opportunities. I think if you think about it, this is what leading businesses right across all industry sectors, such as Aviva, Ericsson, Grundfos, Pearson, Unilever, and others are also interested in the sustainability that, sorry, the value that sustainability can deliver. And um, I think that that is a good a good starting foundation. Right, okay. Uh, just to be devil's advocate, how do we deal with the companies that see sustainability staring them in the face as a threat to their profits, like the oil companies, like the coal companies, which are going to have to fundamentally change, in fact, to give up the core businesses that they are uh, dealing with at the moment and may even not survive altogether? Well, you make, you make a very uh, important point, and I think um, there's going to have to be a lot of transition for a lot of organizations and a lot of individuals as we make the move to a more sustainable future. Um, that change is inevitable, and organizations will have to change, and they'll come to a conclusion, I guess, as to when the time is ready for them to change uh, at different rates. Will, I think will even legis- if you're... Will legislation play any, any part in this? Will they be regulated out of existence? Um, I, who, who's to say? Ultimately, that'll come round for the, in certainly in in democratic countries to their populations saying that they want to see that change happen, um, and that may not be as fast as some people may like. But um, from my perspective, I think trying to be pragmatic about it, and this is the, what I've tried to outline in our conversation this morning, is a, a pragmatic approach, I hope. And I think we're looking for ways in which you can increase the traction with um, individuals and parts of the organization that maybe only have traditionally been motivated by short-term um, profit motivations. And in a time of uncertainty, maybe there's an opportunity for uh, sustainability leaders to get them to shift and say, there actually could be some solutions to our short-term problems by focusing on these issues that have got their their long-running challenges and therefore will need to have solutions uh, in the medium term. So in my view, as sustainability leaders, um, we can all play a part in hoping, hoping to support that transformative role uh, and helping colleagues to manage the uncertainty. And I go back to these three ways. Firstly, um, by raising awareness of these new market opportunities, I urge you, um, I urge you to look at the, um, the report I alluded to earlier. Um, secondly, by understanding how technology will play a role, particularly data-centric technology, in being able to provide solutions to those long-running problems. And finally, by bringing together people and by leveraging expertise um, that many many leaders in sustainable um, projects have had in the past of bringing meaningful multidisciplinary and uh, multi-organizational collaborations to bear and that by promoting this smarter sustainable innovative approach sustainability leaders can help an organization maximize all maximize its economic value in all markets and enabling at the same time hopefully a sustainable future for us all tony thank you for that that's given us a lot to think about i'm quite sure uh, on the blog we'll put links to the reports that you've mentioned and you can find out more about Cambium and Tony O'Donnell at all the W's Cambium that's C-A-M-B-I-U-M-L-L-P dot com so thank you again 
Thanks very much for your time. I've enjoyed it. Okay. Tony O'Donnell of Cambium. Two thoughts to close. Across the world, some 20,000 plastic bottles are sold every second. Yes, that's 20,000 every second. That's about 26 million since you started this podcast. Only 7% are recycled. The other 93% go into landfill or end up scattered across the countryside or floating in the sea. We are rapidly approaching the point where there will be more plastic in the sea than fish. More about this in a future Sustainable Futures report. In the meantime, have a look at refill.org.uk. This week, a swarm of Welsh black bees was found in a dustbin on Anglesey, North Wales. These are very rare native wild bees. Council pest controllers, mistaking the totally black bees for yellow and black wasps, and without seeking help from local beekeepers, wiped them out. What hope is there for wildlife in the face of such crass incompetence? Never mind, let's be optimistic. There will be another Sustainable Futures report next week, for one thing. I'll tell you about the lady on the train and what she told me. We'll know what happened at the G20 summit as well. I chaired a conference in London this week, so don't forget that if you need a conference chair, a host for your awards ceremony or a sustainability keynote, you can contact me via mail at anthony-day.com. And did I mention Patreon? Yes, of course I did. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash S-F-R. Thanks as ever to all my patrons. I'm Anthony Day. That was the Sustainable Futures Report. Have a great weekend. (music) 